This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. So Keith is actually going to be sharing a little bit more in the service about what's currently happening at the college, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce some other players who are here in the service today who are going to be sharing with us. Great. It's great to have ACC Sunday annually. We come here to tell an update and bring our students and have an opportunity to uh, get you all excited about your college that you own and you serve down in Soldotna, Alaska. So this morning, um, I want to introduce a few people and then I'll get off the, the stage here quickly. But students, you want to stand up. I brought a group of dancers this morning and they're going to be dancing for you during uh, the operatory today. <laughs> Aren't they cute? They're the Agayun dancers, or God's dancers. And also this morning, uh, you have your own son that has come back home. Sean Hofbeck, Reverend Sean Hofbeck is here today. And Sean will be bringing God's word to you. I am so stinking excited. I met Sean as a high school kid in Mexico on a mission trip that Eagle River Church sent down. Uh, a team, and then he became a part of our staff at Alaska Christian College as a resident supervisor, was married, Shannon, and he have now served for almost 10 years, and now he's vice president for operations at the college, and this June, I get the joy of being in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, to watch Sean be ordained uh, as a ordained minister in the Evangelical Covenant Church, a long process, great news. You never know what junior high kid is running around here someday that becomes an ordained covenant minister. So take good care of your kids. The last person I want to introduce is Yeehaw Bob from Orlando, Florida. Bob is here from Disney World. We had a concert here last night, had people rolling on the floors. Uh, Bob is a Disney legend, which means that there's a certain group of people, performers, that receive that title, and he'll be helping leading us in some of our worship today as well. So Tyler, that's uh, who we have for ACC Sunday. Thanks to you and Pastor Todd for having us. It's good to be back. I was, every time I come here and the buildings are different colors and you've built something else and... Um, our youth room used to be this closet right back here. And so um, it's been fun to watch the church grow. This, this time of the year is, is exciting for me at Alaska Christian College because I get to ask the students a question. And I usually wait until this time of the year to ask the students a question because I, I love to hear their response. The question I ask them is, are you the same person today that you were when you first came to ACC? And the answer, whether I ask a single student or a group of students, is always, no, I'm not. And I get to say, tell me about the difference. Tell me about the change that has happened in your life. And they talk about the way that Jesus has met them, Jesus has transformed them, and how they're not the same anymore. And it's not just them that notice it. It's their parents. It's their families. It's their communities back home. Today we're going to look at a story of a man who met Jesus and whose life was transformed and forever changed. If you have your Bibles with you, open up to Luke chapter 19. Let me tell you where we are in this story. Jesus has already done all of his earthly ministry, or most of all of it. And he is on his way back 
to Jerusalem. See, in Scripture we hear going up to Jerusalem, going up to Jerusalem, going up to Jerusalem. Well, as we look at a map, Jerusalem is south. Jerusalem is down. Why is it up to Jerusalem? Well, Jerusalem is elevated. Jerusalem is the highest city out of all the cities around it. And so Jesus is going up to Jerusalem towards Holy Week, towards an eventual crucifixion. And as he is going, he passes through Jericho. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. We've only gotten two verses into this story, and we already run into a bit of a problem. See, Zacchaeus was a wealthy man. If we go back one chapter as we're reading in context, Luke chapter 18, we hear about another wealthy man, a centurion ruler. says this, A centurion ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Instead, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. So reading in context, we have a rich, another rich man, one chapter afterwards, who is about to meet Christ. Zacchaeus, oh, sorry, good. Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Around here, we have trees that are really tall and skinny. In Kenai, we do too. But this is a sycamore fig tree. This is a big, fat tree with large branches that Zacchaeus could have climbed up. The only problem is, is that a wealthy man during the day did not climb trees. This would not have been a typical thing for him to do. Another thing that's not typical for Zacchaeus to do would have been to run. Because we know from the parable of the prodigal son that the father goes running out to meet his son, the wealthy father. And that was taboo during that day as well. But Zacchaeus didn't care. He wanted to know who this Jesus guy was. He was that interested. He was that curious that he would put his dignity aside to go run ahead and to climb a tree. As Jesus passed through Jericho and he reached that spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody knows your name and you don't have a clue how they know your name? I mean, Zacchaeus thought he was just going to be in the background. He was just going to be hiding up in the tree just watching things happen. 
And here comes the Savior of the universe passing through and calls him by name. It would have had to been a very, very transparent feeling. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. See, what's starting to form is we have more than just a short man in a sycamore fig tree. We have somebody that was curious about Christ, who wanted to know what was going on, who placed their dignity and their pride aside to find out. And Jesus met him where he is at. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Let me tell you a little bit about chief tax collectors. They kind of worked out of a pyramid. And it wasn't a pyramid scheme, but it was worked out of a pyramid. And the chief tax collector would have had other tax collectors under them. My sister-in-law works for Mary Kay. Not the same thing. But the pyramid kind of works. She has people underneath her. They make sales, and she gets part of their profit. Chief tax collector would have worked the same way. Now, the people walking around would have known Zacchaeus, would have known who he was. And they would have said, this man, this man Zacchaeus is wealthy. He is living his lifestyle because of the taxes that I have paid, because the money I have given. And they would have known that not all of it was honorable money. I think it would have caused people to be mad, people to be bitter, for some hatred to be there. See, we know from other writings of the day that you had murderers, you had robbers, and you had tax collectors. And they were one in the same. And so the people grumbled. They started whispering about it. You know, when Jesus walked underneath that sycamore fig tree and this huge crowd was following him, and he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, there was only one conversation that was happening at that time. And everybody was watching and listening to that one conversation. And as Zacchaeus climbed down out of that tree, he would have heard the mumblings. He would have heard the grumblings. He would have known that the people were talking about him. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Zacchaeus knew he had been dishonorable. Zacchaeus knew he had wronged others. Zacchaeus knew he had used his craftiness to get ahead. On my wrist, I have a Fitbit. Okay? This is like a pedometer on steroids. Tells me how many steps I've walked in a day. Tells me how many miles I've gone. It tells me what my heart rate is. It tells me how many calories I've burned. It tells me what time it is. It has an alarm clock on it. It tells me when to go to the bathroom. It tells me everything I need to know during my day. It also syncs to my phone via an app, right? And on this app, you can connect with friends and family members in the state, in the country, all across the world. 
And my sister-in-law, not the one that sells Mary Kay, I'm going to make more than one sister-in-law angry with me during the sermon. She, she decided she was going to challenge me to see who could take more steps in a day. At the end of the day, I had taken 10,000 steps, which is about five miles. I was pretty proud of myself. Then I pulled up the app, and she had taken 20,000 steps. And instead of riding off into the sunset with her victory, she challenged me again. I decided I was going to win. So like any good pastor in training, I decided to use my kids to get ahead. (laughs) I have a two-year-old. He has two speeds, on and sleeping. But he wouldn't let me attach the Fitbit to his wrist or to his ankle. So I decided to do the next best thing. I used my two-month-old. She has an electric swing. So what I did was I took the Fitbit off of my wrist. I attached it to the electric swing. I set it on high. And I went to bed. When I woke up in the morning, I had already walked five miles. And she knew something was up, right? She didn't know what. And I won that day. She will listen to the sermon one day and remind me what I've done for the rest of my life. It's a definition of deceit. Definition of tricking someone to believe something that is not true. And this is how Zacchaeus dealt with other people. Zacchaeus got a cut of the taxes. So Zacchaeus made the taxes that he wanted. As I have thought about this sermon, I have uh, decided not to use our state government because it hits a little close to home. But think about the IRS. If the IRS decided, hey, Pastor Todd, I have taken too much of your taxes over these years. I'm going to give the money back. Todd would be like, sweet. Amen. Then, then they would say, hey, hey, Todd, we're going to give you back interest as well. And Todd would be, great, I can buy a real-sized car now and get rid of this Mini Cooper. <laughs> the interest during the time would have been about 20%. That would have been typical interest to be paid back. Zacchaeus didn't say 20%. Zacchaeus said, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, this wasn't just some number that Zacchaeus made up. In Exodus chapter 22, we find out if somebody steals a sheep, they have to pay back four times the amount. But we either have a better example of this in Scripture. If we go back to King David. King David, when his, when his army was off at war... He stole the wife of one of his commanders named Bathsheba. And he got her pregnant. And instead of trying to come out and tell the truth, he sent the commander to the front of the line in war. He was killed. And David took his wife. Now the prophet Nathan at the time came to David 
and he told him a story. He told him a story about a man that had one sheep. And this one sheep he loved very, very much. And there was another man that had a lot of sheep. And that man was going to throw a party. And instead of killing one of his sheep, he had the man with the one sheep killed that sheep and used it for his party. And Nathan said to David, what should we do? And David said, that man must die. But he should pay back four times the amount of what he took. Zacchaeus was identifying himself with the sins of King David. I will pay back four times the amount of what I have taken. And we go back to Luke chapter 18. Remember the rich man? The rich man that couldn't enter the kingdom of God because he wouldn't give up his stuff? Zacchaeus realized it was more than just my stuff. Zacchaeus' heart changed. Zacchaeus' life changed. And here's Jesus' response. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. don't know where you are today. Maybe you are Zacchaeus. Maybe you're just curious about this whole Christianity thing. And you're willing to put some of your dignity aside, but you're going to climb that tree and sit back from afar and just kind of watch what is happening. But the Savior of the universe knows your name, wants to go to your house and have a relationship with you. And that's where your choice is. Am I going to be like the rich ruler and say, my life, the way I have it, is too important to me now? Or are you like Zacchaeus that says, I'm willing to lay this aside to follow the Savior? Maybe as you hear the Zacchaeus story, it's similar to your own. Maybe you were curious about Christ one day. Maybe you were the one up in the tree. And God called you by name. And your life has been different ever since. Or maybe you know some Zacchaeuses. Some people in your life that, you know what, to be honest, really don't deserve God. Because they've hurt you, they've hurt your family, they've hurt the ones that you love, and you have categorized them like so many of the Israelites as this person I don't think we'll ever be saved. See, if somebody had a right to be justified, it was the Israelites. This was the man that stole from them. This was a man that was living a lifestyle that they would never be able to live because he had taken it from them. And yet, these were the people that Jesus came for. To point to himself to have a relationship with. I had a student in my office the other day. Came in, sat down. Telling me about his life back home. 
how many of his family had disowned him because his Christianity didn't fit with their lifestyle. He said, almost everyone in my family has disowned me except one person, my father. I said, why is that? He said, because my father has told me, I want to feel in me what I see in you. I want to feel in me what I see in you. And that, my friends, is what our Savior is calling us to. To those people in our lives that are Zacchaeus's, those people that the world has written off to be a light to them, to show them Christ, to live a way that they would be curious about the Savior, that he may come and live with them. Let's pray. Lord, you are a God that meets us where we are at. Lord, regardless of the junk in our lives, you're willing to come call us by name, and to be with us. Father, give us the strength, give us the grace, give us the patience to love those in our life that the world labels as unlovable, that we may point them to you so that you may bring them to yourself. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So 15 years ago, um, Alaska Christian College began as just a dream of the elders of the Evangelical Covenant Church of Alaska. It was really clear that there were a lot of young people who, finishing high school, didn't have a place, a place to go for Christian higher education. Nobody in the state was doing it. It was the Covenant Church that said, you know what, we're going to do something about this, and we're going to start finding some missionaries that wouldn't mind uh, moving or coming uh, to Alaska down to Soldotna. We found a 1,000, um, sorry, 8,400 square foot mansion on 10 and a half acres in Soldotna with an indoor swimming pool for the low, low price of $350,000 and purchased Alaska Christian College, $41 a square foot. I'm sure you can buy a home like that here in Eagle River, right? <laughs> And that began the great adventure of what we call life-changing education. And that's the opportunity for a student not to just come to get the education and get all the stuff up here, but to really find Christ and to know Him right here. And then to get healed. We have New Hope Counseling Centers, a large part of our ministry at ACC. And all of our students are given free counseling opportunity for some of the junk that have come from their lives and their past. These students have opportunities to get two degrees at Alaska Christian College. One is in Christian ministry, and the second is paraprofessional in education. Number one employer in the village is the schools, right? And we have an opportunity for them with a degree to go back and to teach in their local schools. And thanks to Alaska Mental Health Trust, next year, 17, we're offering our third AA degree in behavioral health. Because again, out in the village, there's not only great need for it, but there's also jobs in the health centers in the villages. And so God has raised up now almost 500 young people that are the alumni of Alaska Christian College. In this last fall, when we 
opened up the doors and said, y'all come. Um, we had more students than we had beds. We turned away students last fall at 75 students. The world record for Alaska Christian College, 75 young people <laughs> coming to be discipled and to grow. In fact, we found out this is kind of a this is kind of a crazy fact, and I don't want to pat anybody on the back, but I'll tell you that your college, Alaska Christian College, is now the largest native-serving college in America, faith-based. Largest in America now. And since the first day, this church has been uh, the, the largest advocate in Alaska among our churches for ACC. I began my first day on the job here, November 1st, 2000, upstairs in that little cubbyhole up there with my little laptop and a phone line. And that's where it all began in this church. And so since that day, I have come back annually and I have brought students and I have preached and I've told our story. Many of you have come to our campus. Many of you have served on the board of trustees. Um, right now, Lori McCarrow is our newest. Uh, she has her first board meeting this weekend. It's wonderful to have Lori on board with us and others. And I have to tell you that, and I've said this each year, of all the churches in Alaska that give generously, thank you for being the most generous Covenant Church and churches of other brands in Alaska. You're very, very generous. In fact, last year, this Sunday, you, your offering was $15,000 from a love offering as you left. And I just can't say enough how that helps us as we are always, 60% of our funding comes through fundraising. We're always on the, on that edge of making payroll and that edge of making things happen. But this fall, we wish to open up the school with, uh, with, uh, hopefully uh, another full campus. But our board got together last fall realizing we don't want to turn away any more students. We don't want to say there's no more room in the inn. And so our board voted to uh, do a capital, a small capital campaign, and to build another dormitory. If you've been to our campus, we have a 34 or 38-bed dormitory on the left. We have our beautiful dining hall in the middle. And this fall, uh, summer 17, on the right-hand side there, you're going to see um, another 34-bed dormitory being built so that all of our students can fit into those two buildings and with all of our other cabins and duplex and triplex and quadplex, we'll have enough housing for over 100 students to come to Alaska Christian College. That'll be exciting. Yeah. We don't uh, have Ford as one of our sponsors, although their truck is right there in the front of the picture. And so we are doing a barn raising, and barn raising means that we gather people and in-kind gifts. All of our engineers are pro bono, saving us $75,000. We have a team coming up from Appleton, Wisconsin, that are professional framers. The boss is paying for them to come. They're going to frame that in two weeks, all 9,400 square feet in two weeks. Um, we've got a little church down in Rolling Hills, California. Last Sunday, I was there with our Mexico team. They committed $45,000 from the Sunday school class to buy all the furnishings to go inside of this dormitory. And so it's in kind, it's barn raising. We're going to ask your church to be a part of the hammering team that comes down the summer of 17 to help us to build this campus up to up to 100 students. Students, would you come up here with me really quick? I want to close by saying that today you have a chance to give again very generously to your college. I'm going to ask every family here to consider a gift. Step up here to this. this come up here a couple of more steps and look out the congregation. To give generously every family here, if you could do something, I'm going to ask you to fill out that envelope that's um, in uh, your bulletins today. 
Uh, there's also an opportunity to give monthly, uh, be one of our life changers. And you can do $50, $75, $83.33 a month would be $1,000. And they become a major donor for the college. But these are the students that represent the 75. And each one of them has found Christ as their Lord and their Savior, as Sean preached today. Because we don't just teach the head, but we teach the heart and the soul to know Christ. Because at the end of the day, when we all get to heaven, it doesn't matter if you've got an AA degree in Christian ministry. Or if you've got a 4.0 or a 2.0, what it matters is that you know the Lord and that He's a part of your life. And so I'm going to ask each student as we close to share their name and their native name, and also if, it, if they know what it translates to, and then also their home village. And we're going to pray for ACC as I pass it on to Pastor Tom. Hello, my name is Lena Smith, and my epic name is Marok. I'm named after my great-grandma, and I'm from Hooper Bay. Hello, my name is Mary Ray Smith. My epic name is Chalungaluk, and I am from Hooper Bay. I'm Peter Mugalga. Um My name is Chuyuk. My Chupik name is Amikuk. I'm from Hooper and Chivak. My name is Angel Sharp. I'm from Twin Hills. My Yupik name is Nayak, and it means um, little sister of older brother. My name is Cora Foster. My Inupak name is Konognarak and Uyugaluk, and um, I'm from Buckland. And my name is Alyssa Williams. My Chupik name is Jakach, and I'm from Ikoryak. Hello, my name is Caitlin Kernak, and I'm from Bethel, Alaska. My Yupik name is Ayakak, which translates into traveler. Let's pray for the students of ACC. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be here and to share not just a native dance, but a little of our story. We know, Lord, that you have mighty things planned for these uh, in front of me, but also all the students back at the campus today. And Lord, we want to change and see Alaska transform for Jesus. And it's going to be one student going back to their village, one family, and one church at a time, Lord, that we want to just invest heavily into the future of Alaska's villages. And so we send these out, Lord, and their other students as well as, as our ambassadors to bring the good news of Jesus to Alaska. Again, thank you, Lord, for the support, the mighty support of this congregation as they give today. We love you in Christ's name. Kuyana. Amen. Amen. Keith, we want to thank you again. Sean, students, it is wonderful to be partners in life-transforming ministry. And uh, as we close in a little bit, uh, as you leave the sanctuary, there are the baskets in the back. Please uh, allow God to stir your hearts and give generously uh, to this partnership. Uh, I can't wait for the summer of uh, 2017. That's right. So that's going to be a great day when that new addition is built, isn't it? And uh, we stand with you uh, and thank you for allowing us the privilege of serving you in this way. Let's hear it for Keith and the team. Yeah.